Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. So glad to be here. I know you're glad to be here. We're all glad. We're all glad. It is Tuesday, February the 23rd, 2021, and um, got a brand new show for you. This is a, this is a little bit different. Um compared to what we normally do. And if you watched yesterday's episode, you saw that we're kind of, we're not full-blown transitioning. This is still over the line. We still have uh, an objective, but we're we're taking a more broad approach at what we look at and what we uh, discuss on this show. And I think part, uh, partly the thing that's taken us in that direction is the fact that politics was so was such an, uh, um, a headline grabber, an attention grabber, if you will, because of Donald Trump. And not just Donald Trump, but the left's fascination with Donald Trump. It really kept the art of news talk or talk radio or podcast kind of sucked into that political vortex and now that he's he's gone at least for now um it's it's causing us to look at a lot of other issues and some issues that really may have been swept under the rug um prematurely over the past four years things that we should have uh, really been paying attention to but that's okay we got plenty of time to do that now that's why I'm here. That's why we do what we do. Vaporforge on 280. That's your boys. Make sure you go by there. Tell them you heard it on Over the Line. They're over there by Bailey Brothers. You know that. You know exactly where they are. You've heard me talk about them time and time again. Whether it is uh, vape stuff, you you're quit you quit smoking, you, you're a current vapor, and you just need a new device or you need juices. I'm telling you, these guys, they've got the best price you're going to find anywhere. I promise you, they've got the best price. I've shopped at a million different vape places. Nobody's got a better, uh, nobody's got better prices. Nobody's got a better selection as far as devices, coils, uh, juices, and everything else. They also have uh, Delta Eight uh, CBD and Delta Eight THC. If you want to get your hands on some of that, if you got any questions about it, you can obviously contact them. Two zero five eight seven four ninety ten eight seven four ninety ten there. At 4673 Highway 280 East, again, right there by Bailey Brothers. That's my boys. They're going to take care of you. I'm in that place at least, I don't know, twice a week. So you may uh, you may run across me if you're, if you're going up there. So check them out as they support this show. Make sure you support them and let them know that uh, you appreciate them. So it's been... A crazy weekend, crazy few days. Uh, yesterday's show, we we kind of gave you a rundown of where we were at with the kids' basketball tournament, and we didn't do a tournament over the past two years. This was this is actually our first tournament. Now, this is our third year playing for the school. Um, P. Diddy's third year. The first year was an awkward set of circumstances where we had a coach that quit mid-season for whatever reason and caused us to have to merge with the other team. There's two teams in that age range from our school. 
and it screwed us up to the point that they wouldn't allow us to be into the playoffs because we uh, into the tournament because we made those changes. And then last year, there wasn't a tournament because I think it ran right up against uh, when coronavirus started and all that kind of stuff. So this was technically our first tournament, and I didn't realize how high pressure and stressful it was going to be. Now, I won't go through the story again of the uh, the parents and the coach at Gardendale. If you want to see that story, go back and watch yesterday's episode. Uh, uh, this, the episode we talked about the mom that left her kids at the motel. Uh, but last night, we had the semifinal game, which was uh, we, we were playing another school, and the winner of that game went to the championship to play that same Gardendale team. And we just couldn't get anything to sync. We just we we didn't we didn't play well at all. So our season came to an end. Uh, I just want to say I'm proud of those kids. I'm proud of P Diddy. I'm proud of those coaches. I appreciate each and every person that's been involved with making sure these kids uh, have a great season. I had a great season, and we'll have great seasons in the future as well. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I hope the team that we lost to, which was Morris, um, and we beat them twice. But we just, last night was not our night, and it sucks. I, it, it probably sucks more for me than it even does the kids, but I was just, I was bent out of shape about it. I wanted another shot at Gardendale. So they'll play Gardendale, and I hope they beat the snot out of them. Not because of the kids, because the kids on the Gardendale team are well-behaved. I hope they beat the crap out of them because of the coach and the way some of those parents act. Because these parents obviously don't realize that these are 9 and 10 and 11 year olds playing basketball. They're acting like their freaking livelihood is on the line and this is the the Super Bowl or something. Acting like complete idiots. So I hope they lose. By a large margin. And uh, also I think they... Uh, uh, I think there's some shady stuff going on with that coach as far as cheating, so I hope they check the ball and everything else before the game starts. That, that's, man, eh, we'll talk about that another day. Um, but speaking of P. Denny, he contacted, well, he talked to me after the game, and he said, and, and for his safety and in the safety of, of the teachers and PE coaches and everything else, I'm, I'm not going to, mention any locations or anything some of y'all know um but this is the internet i'm not trying to put that out there p diddy informs me that uh the pe coach which he says the pe coach doesn't like him and i've tried to brush it off because i've i've been like you know i remember my pe coach uh in in elementary school thinking that pe coach hated me because he pushed me so hard. And really what it was is he knew I had more potential than I was exerting. And so he was wanting to push me to make me the best I could be. I realized that years later. And so when he told me that, I kind of thought the same thing. But now I'm kind of, I'm starting to get <laughs> I'm starting to get the idea uh, and understand what he's saying from his perspective as to why he thinks a coach don't like him. But it is, as you know, Black History Month, okay? And during Black History Month, it's not odd for schools to talk about that and maybe even have some curriculum where they discuss some of the uh, the great contributions 
uh, members of the black community have made for all people, not and not just in the U.S., but across the world. I mean, there's no denying that. We all know that there are major strides that have been made because of certain people in our history. We think of civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King and others that uh, this that, that made this world and made this country a better place and helped us evolve from a very backwards way of thinking back decades and decades ago. Not odd for teachers to talk about that to their students. This situation in particular was gym class, okay? And in gym class, they decided, the teacher, the the, the PE teacher, who was a black guy, I'm just, I'm only pointing that out. I get harassed because I point that out, but I'm pointing that out because it's obviously relevant to this whole thing. It would be, you know, uh, it would be a different situation. Played a video uh, of kids talking about what Black History Month means to them. And again, on its face, I'm like, well, that's not a big deal. It's no big deal. It's it's just, uh, uh, you know, a, a video showing kids, uh, black kids, talking about what Black History Month means to them and expressing it to the kids watching, which, I, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's absolutely can be relatable to those kids because they're watching kids their age talk about it. And for kids that don't really know anything about Black History Month, or haven't been taught anything about it. It could be a useful tool. So I asked P. Diddy as he kind of told me a little bit of what was in there. I was like, why don't you send that video to me? See if you can find it on YouTube. And this is the one he sent me. So I'm assuming this is the video that they showed. It's only a couple minutes long. But it was in PE class. This is the part I want you to remember. Physical education. This is gym class, Okay. And this is what the um, the video entailed. And I'll just kind of do a start-stop willy here, so don't judge me as we go through. Hello! Black History Month is um, a commemoration, vocab word, for black activists, another vocab word, who took took their time out to go fight um, fight for what, what they feel is right. Like Martin Luther King had a speech that violence is not the answer and no segregation. We celebrate black people that helped us change history. It reminds us to be strong even in politics. Wait. Now, this is a, a very strong, very poignant, a very... Um, uh, just a, a, an all-around solid message, right? I, I, I don't see anything wrong with what these kids are, are saying or what they've been told to say. You know, obviously, it, at this age, you're repeating what you've been taught by more than likely your school teachers and maybe even your parents about uh, a black history. What matters is what, what's inside of you and how you act to other people. Doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white, just always celebrate it because you know the, the the struggles 
black leaders went through in order for you to be here right now? Even though we may have the different skin color, we're still the same type of people, no matter what. And a lot of people, they don't see me for who I am. They see my outside appearance, but they don't see what I have on the inside. Okay, so here's where it gets dicey, and this is not criticism of any of these children. Because if there's anybody on this planet that I'm going to protect first, it's going to be the children. I don't criticize them. Same thing at the basketball games. You don't criticize the kids. Some of these people do. Some of these parents, some of these coaches do. I don't do it. I think it's absolute lunacy to do that. But here's where it gets dicey. Okay? Now, you notice the kid. Likely he's been taught that a lot of people don't see me for who I am. They see my outside appearance. And I don't know what kind of situations this kid's been in. There is a good chance he has been part of a situation where he experienced prejudice in some form or fashion. Or was told he experienced prejudice. But this is where we start going. The, the first half of this video was fine. And once I got to this point, I was like, okay, what's going on here? But they don't see what I have on either side. It's very hard to grow up knowing that you're black and you have a lot of personal prejudice against you. I see. Okay, so... I'm trying to, I'm trying to play softball here. This is a video my kid's class was watching. The kid saying, it's really hard to grow up black, knowing that so many people have prejudices against you, and there are people out there like that. Is there a lot? We don't know what the term a lot means, but when it was taught to this child it was probably suggested in a way that a lot means a lot like like maybe even a majority of a certain group of people have prejudices against you and this is the kind of stuff that takes a very important message of us all being the same on the inside that you heard on the front end of that video that very important message and starts to set it back because in your pursuit of equality you actually create the opposite because there's a road where you go down and it wouldn't just be a line like this it's a series of things where you start taking the people that you're trying to bring into your circle and you start pushing them away because you start isolating them. You start to put them in a box, in a category of people that ultimately is a very small group of people. It, it's why the term Black Lives Matter was so controversial, okay? Now, there's two parts to that. The, black, the, the group Black Lives Matter obviously turned into something that was so detrimental not just to society as a whole but to the message and to the black community they've done so much harm to the black community the group but 
you mix the group with the term and it creates hostility and suggest and a lot of this is it's not being outright said it's all suggestions but that that term in coordinates with that group suggests that we matter and that's all we need to concentrate on just that we matter everybody focus on us you see what i'm saying again Black Lives Matter is a valuable movement. Absolutely 100%. And I will always agree that Black Lives Matter. But you have to have some self-awareness about what you're putting out there. When you are trying to change minds and hearts, you have to have some self-awareness. It's very hard growing up knowing that you're black and you have a lot of prejudice against you. Personal prejudice against you. I see it on the TV and I'm like, is that going to happen to my brother? Is that is that going to happen to my dad? I always have that in the back of my mind every time that I'm home and they're not home. So he says that he sees it on TV all the time. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure he's alluding to police brutality and the killing of of black men by police okay if we go through and we look at the numbers the numbers do not line up with that narrative but outside of that the culprit here 100 percent, the culprit here and he's this this child sweet child of god said it to you i see it on the tv i see it on the tv and it makes me think is my, my dad even going to make it home today? Is my brother going to make it home? Because the TV's telling me that there is a very good chance that he's going to be shot dead in the street just because he's black. That police are going to pull him over for no reason. And without any justification, shoot my dad, shoot my brother, who were good men. Because of what the TV is showing me, that's what I'm afraid of. That is scaring this child and really emotionally scarring this child. That this this poor kid has to grow up thinking that any day now, he's going to get the phone call. That my dad's not coming home. That my brother's not coming home. Of course, we could... Any of us could get that call at any given time. Tomorrow's never promised. But that narrative coming out of his TV that these little eyes and little ears are hearing is emotionally scarring these children. Black history is important to me because I have to remember where I came from and I have to remember who came before me. Because you have to look at the things that Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, and... Um, Malcolm X did for us black people. Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks. But we want to put Malcolm X in that group? 
I'm assuming, by the way, the kid said this, that Malcolm X has been portrayed as a prominent, peaceful civil rights leader. And it's not the case. <laughs> it's not. I mean, if you've done any research on Malcolm X, you can see he had moments in his life where he was very anti-Semitic. When he came out of prison, he converted to Islam. Islam and anti-Semitism kind of goes hand in hand. Right. But he also confronted people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and called them fakes and phonies. Told them, uh, uh, said that, that they were ignorant for trying to bring about this movement of desegregation and bring about this movement of equality through peace, through a message that was anti-violence. Malcolm X said, that's, that's not how we do it. There was recently a, a situation, and I don't know if it was a BLM protest that ended up turning violent or something, but there was an interview with Malcolm X, I don't know if it was his daughter or what. Maybe it was his daughter. Maybe it was, maybe it was his niece. And she was like, hey, I'm just carrying on the, the legacy of my uncle, Malcolm X, who said that our generation would be the ones that have to do this, that have to rise up and fight back. Promoting that violence through... Generations after Malcolm X. I'm not saying Malcolm X didn't do some good things for the black community, but I don't think Malcolm X should be in the same group as Dr. King and Rosa Parks. Not by a long shot. Now, I'll catch a bunch of heat for this because I'm, I'm, I'm even bringing this up, okay? And I get it. I don't really care. I know where I stand on these issues. And there's like, well, you're a white guy. You can't talk about black history. I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. How about that? How about that? I'll talk about whatever. But what I'm telling you is when I'm seeing children being fed information that is narrative-driven and a lot of it not being based in reality, it only causes more harm. You're not teaching them anything. You're doing the opposite. You're harming a future generation. Because children like the one you see here, children like mine, children like yours, they weren't born with a racist gene. They weren't born with bigoted DNA. They didn't have any of that, any racism. Any bigotry, any prejudice towards anyone. They didn't. Not at all. But what you do after that, the days, the weeks, the months, the years after they're born, the things you teach them, the things you allow your teachers to teach them, that's where that stuff is created. You're not, you're not born racist because you're white. 
and you're not born to be less human because you're black. You're not born to hate people that don't look like you because you're white. Even if you're born into Islam, when you're born, you don't hate Jews. You learn that. And teaching it to our children is the number one problem. Whether that's in our schools, or on our TVs, or in our music. That's where the real problem is. So people can't treat us unfairly because they think some type of relief. Because we're, we are all people, and you need to stand up for our rights. There's still discrimination. There's still discrimination in all parts of the world, in all parts of the United States. We should still fight for what we believe, and we should still fight for getting what's right. So that video right there was shown in my 11-year-old's PE class. PE! Not history class. Not anything that would be related to that. P.E. P.E. Now, from a, a, a perspective of somebody that tries to take advantage of every situation and do good with it, if I were a P.E. teacher, that would seem like a grand opportunity to talk about what sports have done for racial equality, what sports have done for desegregation, what some of the some of the most prominent talented sports stars that came out of the black community did for society, did for equality. Jackie Robinson. Even think more recent of people like Hank Aaron or Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan. These people made a difference in society. But instead, you decided in your PE class to show a video where you've got kids talking about how they're basically scared to be black. And they're scared that any any day that their dad or their brother's not going to come home because they're going to be unjustly, brutally murdered. Why? You become part of the problem when you do these things. This is not a black and a white issue. This is sticking up for the black and the white and everybody. It's mostly sticking up for the children. You're creating bigotry. You're creating resentment. It may not be outright racism. It may not create something that where they think, oh, that person's less than me, or, you know, because they're that color, they're not as important as I am. Instead, it creates this, this feeling of, oh, that person doesn't want me over there. That person doesn't... Uh, that person's scared of white people. So I guess I can't go over there and introduce myself or sit with them at the lunch table. I don't know how they feel about white people. Imagine these kids thinking, I can't go I can't go hang out with this kid over here and talk to this kid because he might not like the color of my skin. Isn't that exactly what we're trying to reverse? 
but instead we're creating it. We're creating more of it by praising people like Malcolm X. I'm surprised I didn't see George Floyd brought up in that video, which is a whole nother set of issues. We have to work together to stop those who are trying to divide us. Those in the government, those in the media, those in Hollywood, they want you divided. They want you in that mind frame, and they're actively working on the next generation to make sure when they hit adulthood, they're in that mind frame. And then they can teach that to their kids. And then on and on. And then we start devolving instead of evolving into a better society. That's what we got. And as I watched that video, I couldn't help but think of a story that I just heard uh, over the past day or two. About University of Washington... And they're, I don't know the name of the group, it's in the story, black activist group on campus, and how they are issuing a list of demands to the university, telling them, hey, you, you need to do what we say, otherwise you're racist. You've got to do what we say in the name of equality. A group of people who identify themselves based on the color of their skin, are taking universities hostage. Where else could that happen? What other scenario would that be socially acceptable? Where a group of Jewish people did that? No. That never fly. White people? Nope. You'd never see it. A group of uh, Hispanic, but a Hispanic activist on a college campus says, "Hey, no more tacos in the cafeteria. It's cultural appropriation. Got to go." I look at them like they're crazy. But instead, we're in a time where we give preferential treatment. We bow down to people based on the color of their skin instead of treating people equally. Here's uh, KING5, which I it guess is maybe based out of Washington. They did uh, a story on this situation at the University of Washington. And the demands that have been given from this black activist group. Again, I can't think of the name of the group, but it'll say it in this story. Listen to a little bit of this. In recent months on this campus, there are students who have been re-examining the role of racism. So things really shifted during the, I mean, I mean, it's pretty known, like the uprisings of George Floyd. Black Student Union President Mahalat Mesfin says her organization put it in writing, presenting a list of seven demands to the University of Washington, focusing on diversity requirements, hiring more black faculty. And then, of course, removing the George Washington statue. Talk to me about the statue. Sure. Why did you include that on the list? So we included it on the list because we had this discussion about the statue and just removing it for years. 
She's talking about this, the university's statue celebrating America's first president, well known for his character and conviction. But there's more to George Washington's past. He was also a slave owner, and that's now fueling two separate petitions that started over the summer, one about the statue and another suggesting a name change for the state. At Washington's home outside of D.C., historians weigh in. I think it's up to individual communities to make those decisions about whether to retain Washington's name or Washington's statue. Um, we feel that Washington played an incredibly important role in the founding of this country and his contributions made the United States what it is today. But Jesse McC Well, what it is today, according to these people, is a, a terrible, terrible place. These people are running roughshod on the University of Washington, okay? This is a major university. This is not just some chump community college, okay? This is the University of Washington in the state of Washington, and they didn't stop with just removing the statue of, of George Washington. They said, we want to change the name of the state, the entire state. Some college kids want to change the name of the entire state. You saw when the discussion started, it started after George Floyd. And because of what happened to George Floyd, obviously there's a direct correlation with the first president of the United States. <laughs> Forget the contributions he made that paved the way for so many others to make this country a better place. Forget all that. Just think about history in itself. Being washed away. Think about think about these days what our kids aren't taught in school already as it is. Or what's manipulated that they're being taught. Now imagine it all just being wiped away and you're starting over. And the only thing they're taught about is... You know, the, as far back as history class goes is the time Joe Biden was elected president and saved the world from coronavirus. That's where the history books start. That's where we'll be in 30 years. But this is cancel, cancel culture on another level. But there was a guy... There was a guy that predicted... That this would in fact happen. He said, if we continue to let this stuff go on... Next thing you know, they'll be trying to remove George Washington statues. That they'll be pulling down statues and changing names of presidents, which they're actively trying to do with Trump. They're still fascinated with Trump and making sure he is wiped from the face of the earth. He said that there will be they, they will be removing statues next if you continue to let it go on. He said that, this person said that, just two or three years ago. Do you remember who that guy was? That's right. It was Donald Trump. And it was the infamous speech in Trump Tower where he said that there were good people on both sides, but white supremacists have no place in society.
It's where the very fine people lie started. That's, that's the speech we're talking about. But he brought up this very issue of Washington's statue almost in a Simpsons-esque prediction of the future. It's amazing how this stuff works out. Excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. There you go. I even made sure to include where he said, I condemn the white supremacists in the very fine people lie that is still being perpetrated by the media and by the left. Pay attention. You'll hear them continue to bring it up. And there's so many clueless people out there that have never thought to go to YouTube and watch 20 seconds more into that clip where he's being um, accused of, of calling white supremacists and neo-Nazis very fine people. The press, the press is not stupid. The media is not stupid. They know he said what he said. They knew he wasn't talking about them, and they knew he said he condemned those people. But they refused to report it that way. But that's another story. Point being, Donald Trump called it right there from the beautiful lobby, the beautiful golden lobby of Trump Tower. He said... What are you going to do next? You going to take down George Washington's statue, since he was a slave owner? Forget that he's he's first president of the U.S. Forget all the great things he did for this country. You going to take his statue down? An activist said, "Oh, we're not just going to take the statue down. We're going to change the name of the entire state." You'll see more of this. You'll you'll see more and more, more and more instances of something Donald Trump said was going to happen that ultimately happened. We saw it on Joe Biden's first day with the massive loss of jobs when he signed 15, 20 executive orders as soon as he went and walked into the White House. And it's not because Donald Trump's a fortune teller or that he can actually predict the future. It's just because it's common sense. All the stuff we tell you guys, it's all accurate and it all gets proven to be right. That's why we can continue to do things like podcasts and talk radio and everything. That's why that, that, that genre survives. Because we can do it in a fact-based way. That's why Rush Limbaugh was so successful. Because he was always able to back up his opinions with facts. It's like teaching a lesson. 
from the textbook. If you can't back up your opinions with facts, nobody's going to listen to you. Because they're like, well, what if I get out there and repeat that? I'm going to get ripped to shreds. That's why liberal talk radio never gained any sort of foothold. Because it's not based in reality. Outside of that, just since we're on this topic, let me throw this one at you. You've already heard it, I'm sure. Coca-Cola, with their diversity training for their employees, urging workers to be less white. (laughs) That is correct. I'm looking at one of the slides right now. It says, in the U.S. and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. That's odd because that's the opposite of what I said. These kids don't think to themselves at three years old, oh, well, I'm white. Thank God I'm white. <laughs> Life's going to be a lot easier for me. I got the privilege. Can't wait. To go to the DMV and get my white privilege stamp on my driver's license. Coca-Cola is not the originators of this. You know that. This is something that's spreading all across the country. But there's going to be a lot of backlash for Coca-Cola as this story continues to roll on. I got this one from the New York Post. Coca-Cola companies... I'm sorry, Coca-Cola employees were urged to be less white as part of uh, as part of the company's alleged diversity training, but the material was yanked offline following a viral whistleblower post. The confronting racism course in question was offered by LinkedIn Education and allegedly utilized by the soft drink Titan. Quote, in the US and other Western nations, white People are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are whites. Um, Another slide suggests, try to be less white with tips including be less oppressive, listen, believe, and break with white solidarity. Be less oppressive, listen, believe, and break with white solidarity. Does that come off as saying, if there's a non-white person that tells you something, and it sounds like BS, just believe them anyway. And don't talk. Don't give a rebuttal. Listen and believe. I would be absolutely insulted if everyone that I talked to just nodded their head and agreed with me and believed Everything I said. With no pushback. No diversity of opinion. I want to know what you think. I want to know your opinion. They're trying to squash that. There is a uh, a woman who describes herself as a supporter of banning critical race theory. She said the screenshots were sent to her from an internal whistleblower. Apparently, she's the one that leaked this stuff. And that employee that sent it to her told her that the course was required. 
her tweet from Friday had garnered 18,000 retweets and more than 3,400 likes. I'm sure that skyrocketed by now. On Monday, LinkedIn said that it had pulled the controversial course written by soci- sociologist Robin D'Angelo, the author of a book called White Fragility. The Confronting Racism course featuring Robin D'Angelo is no longer available on our course library at the request of a third-party content provider we license this content from. That's according to Vice President of Corporate Communications at LinkedIn. They told Newsweek in an email. She continued to say, We provide a wide variety of learning content, including more than 270 courses on the topics of diversity, inclusion, and belonging. We will continue to add new courses to help people learn the skills they need to be more successful in their career, including the foundational skills we all need to be effective allies and help build a more equitable future. Coca-Cola denied that the training was mandatory for employees, but uh, according to this lady, she told the outlet that multiple workers says it was, in fact, required. And they're not refuting any of this content, any of this curriculum on this course. Here's another one. To be less white is to be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant, be more humble. Listen, believe, break with apathy, break with white solidarity. This is all something that's not what it seems to be. This is all a part of dividing, disguised at bringing people together. You'll realize that. None of this has anything to do with unity or oppression, not not oppression, but none of this has to do with unity and bringing people together. It's meant to do the opposite. And it's those in power that have come up with this grand idea. Those in power are capable of coming up with the greatest scams in human history. This one may be a greater scam than global warming and climate change. Because as of right now, that's the greatest scam in in human history. At least in American history. That you're able to bamboozle that many people across the world into thinking man-made climate change is real. It's It's just a thing. And Facebook just announced that they're going to be censoring... Any misinformation on climate change. You want to control the future? There's a Rage Against the Machine song where the lyrics say, Who controls the past controls the future. And who controls the future controls the past. You're watching them trying to control the past. By controlling the past, they are brainwashing, currently brainwashing the future. The next generation. That's how they control. The people in power 
are actively working to divide you and me. And the only people that can stop it is us. That's it for me. Brand new episode tomorrow. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends and family. Get ready for all the derogatory comments and hate I'm going to get coming my way for this episode. Make sure you check out Vapor Forge as well. We appreciate and love each and every one of you guys. Brand new episode coming at you tomorrow. Until then, see you, Colt.